Okay, and welcome back to Farship Performance. I'm Tim Davies. I've got a post out. I'm a bit on the road at the moment, actually. I'm kind of between a, a town and, and between flying, and I'm doing a lot of other things with the Air Force. So I kind of got uh, this post out pretty quick, and I'm going to record it now. But I am on the back end of a cold. I never get ill. Fact, I do actually get ill a little bit. I've been ill for about eight months now. My wife went to a conference overseas, um, obviously chatting to too many other men out there, really. Came back with some uh, a cold that I have now. I blame her entirely, but I'm on the back end of it. And this post I've got for you today talks about uh, improvement in small areas and creating a huge change with our lives, which is the better way of doing it, really, because when you try and make massive change in your life, as you know from the New Year's resolutions that go wrong and that kind of stuff, we very rarely uh, maintain those kind of goals. So this post is about seven minutes long. Again, just download a podcast thing to speed you up. So increase your learning. Um, and it's uh, the aggregation of marginal gains. Why improving every small thing by 1% creates massive change in your life. So I haven't signed up to the new gym yet. And I'm probably not going to start that language course I looked at. But I might learn the sousaphone. Except I don't think I can commit to it right now. Because, you know, I'm kind of busy with other really important stuff. Successful author, coach, and motivational speaker, Tony Robbins, believes that people have the ability to achieve huge changes in their lives, but that they are limited by the lack of belief in their own potential. He talks of a loop that he calls the success cycle. That starts with a person's potential. When a person has potential, they can take action, and this action will get results. Now, by getting results, they will develop belief in themselves, and this belief will create further potential for action. But he explains that the hardest thing about the whole cycle is getting someone to the action stage. People undervalue themselves. They don't feel that they have the potential to achieve, so never take the first step of the cycle. Most people just find the step too big. It's probably why you haven't signed up to that new gym yet either or got around to starting the diet you promised yourself. You are not alone. There's a quote here, it's the repetition of affirmations that leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. That's Muhammad Ali. But what if there was a way that got you to the action step with minimal effort on your part? What if it didn't require such a significant change in your lifestyle? Maybe there is a way for it. In 2010, cycling coach Dave Brailsford became general manager and performance director for Team Sky. Great Britain's professional cycling team. No British cyclist had ever won the Tour de France, and he was asked to make that happen. It would be no easy task. Brailsford was a details man, so he started to look at ways to improve the obvious aspects of a team's performance, nutrition of the riders, their training programs, and the weight and components of their bikes. But he didn't stop there. Brailsford believed in something that he called the aggregation of marginal gains, or the 1% margin for improvement in everything you do. He believed that if you improved every small area related to cycling performance by just 1%, the overall improvement would be much greater. A quote from Dave here puts simply how small improvements in a number of different aspects of what we do can have a huge impact on the overall performance of the team. Now he started to look into all aspects of a rider's performance. What if the riders could be focused solely on riding? What if everything else was taken care of for them? But he would eventually go even further than his initial idea. Recognising the importance of recovery, after exercise he made sure that the riders were sleeping correctly. He even went as far as to provide them with the same pillows that they used at home to make it easier for them to get rested. 
He put the bikes in wind tunnels to get data so that he could minimize drag and reduce the bike's weight by using lightweight track tires. He made the riders wear muscle warming garments in between races to promote faster recovery and examine their posture when resting to make sure that they weren't straining those muscles. He even taught them to wash their hands properly so as to minimize the chance of infection. Brailsford was trying to improve the rider's performance across many areas as he felt that if he did, the team might be in a position to win the Tour de France in five years' time. But they won it in three. In 2012, Team Sky member Sir Bradley Wiggins became the first British cyclist to win the Tour de France and the same year, Brailsford coached the British cycling team for the 2012 Olympic Games taking home 70% of the gold medals. And in 2013, Team Sky won the Tour de France again, this time with rider Chris Froome. A truly remarkable performance and one directly related to the aggregation of marginal gains. You see, what Brailsford had done was to find out exactly what was contributing to a rider's success and then look for ways to improve those many aspects, but in very small ways. When you add up all of the 1% improvements across these many areas, you end up with a huge increase in overall performance. Brailsford was able to take all of the distractions away from the riders. Cycling became the only concern. On our Fast Jet Flying Squadron, we have similar issues as Brailsford had, and I'm sure you'll find similarities in your workplace. Fighter pilots are pilots for about one hour a day, two at the most. The other eight to nine hours are spent with trivia necessary for the running of the squadron but things that have very little to do with a pilot's primary role. In fact when we take aircraft away from our home station and leave all of the email, paperwork and secondary duties at home we find that the performance of the pilots increases significantly. By taking away the daily distractions we've allowed the pilots to concentrate solely on their primary role. If a student course looks like it's not going to finish on time, we find some instructors to take six jets and the student course to another base for the week to get them finished. It works every time. What happens is that we look at what is going to create the most value in the instruction of the students and improve each area by a small amount. We minimize external distraction by sending the instructors away from the squadron. We use less complicated airspace so as not to compete with our sister squadron for operating areas to conduct the sorties. The instructors that have deployed are now just teaching one syllabus and not seven, as they would be at the home base. This means that they are more familiar with it and better at teaching it. We have less distracted students, so their performances in the air should improve, meaning less failures. The list goes on. And it's the same in a new pilot's flying training. When you start training as a student pilot, value is added by starting you off in small steps on light piston aircraft to learn the fundamentals of aviation. Then you go on to slightly faster aircraft where you now sit in tandem and not side by side learning precious lessons in crew resource management and communication. You are soon introduced to low level navigation and gain confidence handling the aircraft with aerobatics and instrument flying. Finally, you move on to an aircraft that replicates your frontline platform and learn essential skills such as air combat and low level attack flying. If I was to take a student straight out of officer school and try and teach them to fly a military fast jet, they wouldn't be able to. The step would be just too large. This is why we start small. And it's the same philosophy with self-improvement. Why do you think the gyms are full in January but empty a month later? An attempt at massive change for most people will remain just that, an attempt. 
the change is just too big. We tell ourselves that we need to make huge changes, that all of our friends will be amazed by, because making small changes just isn't going to make it to our Facebook page status. Imagine if you'd posted, I had no chocolate on Tuesday this week. I walked one mile yesterday. I only smoked 15 cigarettes today. Yeah, that's not going to get you any likes at all. You are who you are because of many small choices that you have made over time. These 1% changes, good or bad, add up to make the positive or negative habits that you have today. This is why you find a big difference between those that have made small but good choices and those that have made many small but bad ones. Now let's be honest, you're not going to build a successful business overnight. Lose 40 pounds by the morning or become a rock star by next Thursday. But by looking at ways of making very small changes in many parts of your life, you'll be well on the way to creating the action that will get you the results you desire. Now, where do you want to start? Hey guys, I'm really sorry. I'm suffering with this cold right now. You can probably hear it in the nasal passages. I've got a tissue next to me and I haven't flown today. And I must admit, I was trying to get a couple of trips and I had to cancel them. So unfortunately, one was, uh, what were the trips? Okay, so I was doing a, an operational training maneuver trip as a pair with, um, <laughs> excuse me, uh, with a young guy, in fact, young instructor who's starting up now. So that was a really important trip I had to be in. It was awful. I hate it. And then I was going to bounce um, an EV, an evasion, sorry, pair. Um, uh, and I was solo on the jet there. I was going to probably take a student along and get some kind of experience of the calm really out in the area, which is what I always try and do. I always try and give the students or the, or the student instructors some kind of value by putting them in the back seat there, really. But uh, I wasn't able to do that. And I, normally, I'm not saying I would fly with a cold, but, you know, we, we do fly... Um, with with kind of minor minor colds, I guess, but this one just dragged me right down. And you know, anything below two thousand feet, I'd have probably done it. But some of these trips are up around the fifteen to twenty five thousand feet mark, and the, the rate of pressure change, especially in the low levels, there would have would have probably put me out for next week as well. I'll tell you the truth. So I didn't I didn't take that risk, and uh, I think I'm probably going to cancel the trips tomorrow. To be honest with you, just let you know how that kind of works with with medical. You know, I I'd probably bounce with a doctor just to make sure. But I don't self medicate. Um, I let nature take its course. But uh, the reason that I sound like this is because I've got this awful cold. So I'm, I'm sorry if I sound like a Muppet or something. Hey, look, I really appreciate the, uh, the comments as well on, on, the, on the blog posts. And uh, people that reply to emails as well, I really try and give you the time there because I, I really appreciate that kind of feedback um, so I can really channel down what I'm doing to really give people what they what I think they want or what I think they um, they they kind of we need to hear and stuff and that's what uh, that's what I'm trying to do and I'd, I'd really like us to get involved in that big kind of conversation. I'm taking up too much of your time. You've got important things to do. So listen, one percent gains in many different areas make up a huge change. Okay, in your life. Thanks so much, Tim Davies, Fast Shape Performance.